All right, everybody, welcome to the Backwoods Life Podcast. Michael Lee here. We have the lovely, as always, Kevin Knighton on your screen for your viewing pleasure of those that watching the video side of this thing. And to y'all that just listen, you're welcome. <laughs> you can now understand the beauty of Kevin. Uh, we've got a good friend of ours on here today. Uh, gosh, we, we go back years and years now. Uh, Mr. Kenneth Lancaster with the Given Right. Um, glad to have you on, buddy. I, I know we were talking right before we started recording that um, we, we're going to have some fun today. Oh, man. Look, I, since you texted me the other day, I was uh, I was actually in Oklahoma working whenever you texted me and asked me if I would, uh, you know, if I would had time to do this with y'all. And shoot, man, I've been looking forward to it ever since. I, I woke up this morning and even took a shower before we. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, Ken, Kenneth, I don't know if you know how this whole internet thing works, but we can't smell you across oh, here. It wouldn't have mattered. My thoughts was <laughs> my bad. <laughs> we can't smell him anyway, Kevin. He uses lethal, shameless plug number one in the podcast. I, I, you know, I only bathe once a week, Kevin. I just spray down every other morning with lethal. Yep. Hey, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Put them field wipes to good use. There you oh, go. Man. Well, Kenneth, um, first off, brother, where, where you at and, and what you doing today? Man, um, right now I'm kind of winding down. I'm uh, I'm at my house in Mississippi, uh, but I, <laughs> I'm coming off of a, about a – well, I, I lost the count – lost count of my days. I think it was like a 16-day trip altogether. Um, I went to – to, to Texas and then to Oklahoma and then to Missouri working on our properties that we have out there and just uh, getting ready for deer season. So I'm just kind of winding down today and, and uh, drinking a drinking a little coffee this morning and looking forward to talking to y'all. <laughs> people don't realize that, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later in the podcast, but how much work goes into what we do, number one, but two, how much we grow to appreciate the days at home where we can wake up in our out of our own bed go drink out of our own coffee pot and just relax a little bit at home which it doesn't happen a ton but we we do appreciate that very much <laughs> big time big time yep um i know kevin and i just got back um from our hunting camp we went there but a couple of days it's just a couple hours away from me here in georgia and i mean i love being over there but when I get home from that too, I'm like, turn turn that switch off for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got uh, uh, my lease here. We've got to get food plots and everything uh, prepped and get ready to plant here. So I'll get to rest a little bit today, and I'll be right back on a tractor tomorrow, man. So, yep. Um, and, and and we're we're down to the short rows on that part of our process as well. We we didn't get our summer plots in this year because I, I don't know about you guys out there, but like. Usually we plant ours after turkey season's over, like in late May and into early June, just to get our early, you know, summer stuff in. And uh, it was so dry this year, we didn't even plant. It was, we went like almost 30 days without rain over here. And, and, you know, if you put seed in the ground and it gets a quarter of an inch of rain and doesn't get anything else, you just wasted all that anyway. So we just held off. Yeah, that that's pretty much – we've got, we've got one big uh, lease here that, uh, that we actually um, – we we lease the farming out on it and they they've got soybeans on it so it's kind of a natural you know summer food plot for us i guess you'd say but uh some of my smaller places this year that i normally put you know like cow peas and stuff like that in um i didn't plant 
just like you said, it was so dry. I, I kept looking at the days and looking at the days and trying to see if I could plan something out. I disked them and got them prepped and ready, but I never put any seed or fertilizer in the ground because uh, it was just like throwing money away, especially as high as fertilizer is these days. Good grief. Yeah. So, We've got to get an application to get a new mortgage so we can afford fertilizer for food plots this year. No kid, man. I said, I was, whenever I was coming back from Missouri the other day, a, a guy called me and I was at the diesel pump. He called me. He said, what are you doing? I said, man, I just went by the bank and mortgaged my house where I could fill my truck up. <laughs> get some diesel. <laughs> you said I got filled up yesterday on my way home. It was $138 to fill up my truck. I, I'm right there with you, man. It's a, and, and it's crazy how you go across the country. I've been driving quite a bit and it'll, the like diesel prices from Mississippi to just say Oklahoma, it'll vary 75 cents. And I don't understand that. I, I You would think it'd be across the board. You know, you would think it'd be cheaper down here closer to the Gulf Coast because, you know, the refineries and stuff are down here closer. But in Mississippi is right now, diesel is higher than it is in, in like Oklahoma City. So I don't I don't quite understand that. But uh, I know one thing. I can't go anywhere if I don't pump it in my truck. So it's, it, no matter what it is, I'm going to keep pumping it. So. Well, I, well, are we on that subject right quick? I will say what's weird to me is like right down the road here in Georgia, I-75 is the main interstate that runs through the state of Georgia. You can, you're going along and you'll see like fuel right now, if you're lucky, you can get it for, I'd say four fifty nine right now. Yeah. But what, what kills me is you can go by one spot, it's four forty nine, four fifty nine. but y'all are all familiar with Loves, right? Like the, the big travel center <laughs> Loves. Theirs um, is still almost $5 a gallon. They're forty cents higher than everybody else. That doesn't make any sense to me. I see that, and that's, that's ridiculous. It's that way across the country. I come across one place and loves of day. It was four uh, five twenty nine, and then across the street it was four fifty nine. That doesn't so, make any sense to me. It, yeah, no sense. I don't. I don't get it. I I, I don't. I uh, you know. Of course, I did not go to Love's. <laughs> I, <went laughs> no. to <Arby's. laughs> I don't care if there's Arby's in there or what. I ain't going. <laughs> Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll throw my little story in there yesterday on the way home, too. You know, I was in a hurry trying to make it home from my little boy's football practice. I stopped at one place, and, you know, the gas pump was taking so long, it just one of them real slow pumps. Well, I shoot, I had over a quarter of a tank, so I put $40 in it. I said, okay, well, that'll get me home. Nope. Before I even got home, I had to stop and fill up. <laughs> That's about right. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh but that's but 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 i guess uh, that would be a good segue of speaking of i don't really know much about what's going on in the world today <laughs> but uh, yeah. i mean why things are but but one thing i do know is uh deer season getting close and uh i know we're all ready to go we've probably been sitting on you know go for a while as we always are this time of the year especially when i think to me it's like after i get through july 4th and we've kind of had a little fun and it feels like summer's kind of done its thing you get to about august 1st it's like all right y'all it's yeah. it's time to flip that switch and and get after it and i mean kenneth i know you and and mark would be given right i mean uh, y'all are all over the place all fall and everything so tell me a little bit about how how you and mark kind of got the giving right going and and um you know how how that's all kind of flowing for you guys. Well, uh, well, it's going great, man. Um, Mark and I, um, I was well. Let me let me step back a few years, and it, it's been 
man, time is flying by. I guess it's been seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, I was doing the giving right myself, and I um, I met Mark through uh, one of our producers, Tyler Weaver. Uh, Tyler went uh, at the time Bone Collector was producing my show, and Tyler was uh, Tyler was one of the uh, freelancers that went with me to a, he went on a bear hunt with me in Canada. And while we were up there, he said, man, I, there's this guy you ought to meet. He's a, uh, you know, real, you know, real big hunter. He said, I, I videoed him, uh, on a couple of elk hunts and he, he just does it just kind of for fun. He said, just, you know, big hunter. Anyway, he invited me out on a turkey hunt in Kansas and, uh, we just hit it off and started hunting together for, uh, we hunted together, I guess for three or four years. And then, uh, after that, we ended up partnering up on the show and we've uh you know been doing it together ever since so that that's kind of how we met through a through a producer you know that was at the time was a freelancer but now he actually produces shows for us and um uh tyler will actually be on a, a few hunts with y'all this year so and that's what's that's what's crazy about this industry and people don't realize I mean, this is a big industry and and you know we everybody talks about you know the numbers of hunters and millions and millions of dollars that are spent on what we do and how kind of big that is but in, in the trenches like we are especially over the years i mean we've been 18 years i think you've been probably 20 or more by now and yeah. um, you run across so many different people and you make all these relationships just like you, you know you just said tyler's gonna maybe on a couple hunts with us year this year but we we've all kind of built our businesses together. We're all we're all integral parts of each other to help yep. each other do what we do. And 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 I think, you know, it it goes back. I, I relate try to relate what we do and how we do it to the music industry, especially like country music guys that I know because they they'll write together. Like, hey man, let's go write a song together. They're all working together, trying to help each other out. And if if three of us write a, a number one together, we all we all get some love. We all make a little little paycheck, you know. And yeah. in the industry we're in now, that's the mentality I think that everybody needs to kind of have. It's like we got to work together to continue to, well, one, make this industry grow, but two, to, you know, better ourselves and better what we're doing. And we can all do this together. And it, it's not the days of people trying to cut each other's legs out from under them for an advertising dollar, you know? Well, I, I'll tell you a, a funny story. Or I say funny. It's an interesting story about Mark um and his business mind you know mark that mark's a you know he's hunted all his life he's uh you know since you know just like us you know since we were old enough to hold on to our daddy's belt loop crossing ditches you know he hunted there's one of those phone calls coming in i told you about <laughs> um but uh let's see if this thing, how do i make this thing is it is it still working yeah you're good, yeah, it's still good. You okay ain't changed nothing right. on our end there so um so mark um uh, it was, it's probably been seven years ago, I guess. Uh, Mark wanted to, uh, go to the ATA show. So Mark, like I said, Mark had, uh, he's hunted all his life, but he's never worked inside of the hunting industry. So he didn't know how, he didn't know how our industry worked as far as, uh, you know, and a lot of people, the, uh, you know, the, I just say the public doesn't know how sponsorships and, and, you know, and all of that work with our television shows, you know, y'all do it the same way we do, you know, well, Mark, whenever I took him to the ATA show, it was real interesting that year because we walked around and he went to uh, some of the meetings. He actually, I don't know if you remember, but he sat in uh, with a meeting with, uh, with you, uh, um, uh, Michael at the uh, lethal booth that year. 
Um, um, we, uh, the, uh, Mark walked around that, uh, that ATA show and he was just real quiet in all the meetings, everything, you know, as we walked around, it just real quiet. And whenever we left, we got back and he looked at me and he said, y'all are doing all this wrong. <laughs> and I said, he said, this is backwards. He said, y'all are doing everything wrong. He said, uh, uh, y'all are, y- y- y'all just, y'all are all against one another when you should be trying to work together more. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to change this. And I said, okay, man. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That, that, that sounds good to me. So he, he turned it around to where, uh, if you, you know, you, in, in, uh, I guess, a it's really not old days cause it was only six or seven years ago, but you didn't see a lot of television shows hunting together. You didn't see, you didn't see the given right in the backwoods life hunting together. You know, we all kind of stayed to ourselves. Well, Mark said, what we need to do is just kind of, we need to integrate that. We need to have backwoods life. We need to hunt with them. We need to hunt with, we need to hunt with bone collector. We need to have Michael as a guest. We need to have, um, uh, the American way is another show that, uh, we actually edit their show for them and we go and we go and hunt with them. Well, we, whenever we do that, we introduce them to some of the people that we're working with. They introduce the people that we're working, you know, that they're working with, vice versa, and just kind of intermingle everything. And before you know it, you you have those relationships. And 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 he did. I mean, he changed the way of my, you know, the whole way that my thinking was inside the industry because I was always a, I need to keep my, uh, I've got my relationship with this person over here. I need to keep that relationship, you know, just with me and him, and not let such and such get in on that. When it really didn't work that way, if you if you brought somebody to them that was an asset to them, that made you a, more of an asset to that company that you're working with. So anyway, he he really did a you know made a the 180 in my mind on how this whole industry works, and he changed it changed a lot, even with the way we're working with y'all, you know, um, this year, you know, just he he's been a I'll say Mark has probably been one of the biggest. Uh, biggest influences in my life as far as this hunting industry goes other other than will primos back in my early days that got me started those two guys have probably been the two biggest influences and and like i said mark is a is a non-industry guy he's a but he's a businessman he knows he knows about business and relationships and you know the value the value of a phone call instead of a text message or an email. He knows, you know, that's so big. That's so big. People are so easy today to just, you know, send a text. Hey man, how you doing? Anything I can do for you? And then they answer, no, we're good. You know, out of sight, out of mind where you pick that phone up and call, Hey Michael, how you doing, man? How, how's you, how's the, how, you know, like kill any deer, see any deer, what's going on? You know, having those relationships like that are a, a huge deal. Even, even getting on an airplane or getting in a truck and going to the partners, uh, going to their facilities just to go and see them and talk to them. You know, we never used to do that. Now we do. We'll take, you know, twice a year and go and visit those people and it means the world to them. So anyway, I, that, that's one of the things that Mark has really taught me and, you know, that kind of flipped it 180 for me from that one year at the ATA show when he went in and said, this is all wrong. This is backwards. <laughs> so, 
Well, well it is. I mean, it's all about the being being personable and and I mean, not making yourself. I don't like to you're not not tooting your horn where you're like, oh, I'm I'm not replaceable or whatever. But you're establishing your value in that relationship, and you're letting the people that you work with realize you're giving as much to them as they are to you. That, and that's what it's all about. Exactly. Exactly. In the time that all three of us here have been on outdoor TV and stuff, you know, when we started, there was no such thing as a YouTuber, you know? No. And now, you know, people make millions of dollars opening toys on YouTube, and YouTubers are huge on doing those collabs all the time and collaborating with each other and, and helping each other, you know, build their content and build their audience. And that's something, you know, the last several years, outdoor TV, thankfully, has started doing more of, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, one good example of that is um, we did the, the Strutmasters uh, turkey hunt that, that John Tate and those guys put on up in North Carolina. And we were yep. in camp with like Nate Hosey and Philip Culpepper and, and Hal Schaefer, a bunch of them. And we were all just going back and forth on Instagram, you know, tagging each other in, little, in our stories and talking crap and all that stuff. But with all that being said, I mean, yeah, we're doing it just for fun, but it did actually help grow our social media audience on everybody's end because everybody was like, oh, man, you know, I got I got 100 new followers off of this thing, you know. And I think little things like that is how we can help build each other up. I mean, heck, me, me and Kevin and Kenneth, we could all go back and forth talking smack all deer season. Like, oh, I'm, Kevin's one up on us, Kenneth. We got to buck down yep. now. And, you know, well, and, that won't last long, fellas. Y'all go ahead. Well, that, well, we know that, <laughs> but I mean <laughs> – <laughs> but but just stuff like that like you said it could be little bitty things working together with people that that make a big difference and and you know all what all we do is is about reaching more and more people and it's not a ego thing or nothing like that it's it's us growing our brand but also growing the sport of hunting because that's yep. our job you know yep yep well that's what i you know i tell everybody you know you talk about the ego thing i from, from day one, when I got in this industry in 1994, um, I never, I, I tell everybody, I, I never got in this industry expecting to sign a hat or to, uh, you know, to, to uh, you know, to, to, to walk around and brag about something I shot. It's, you know, I, I go back to, you know, my dad was a trapper. Uh, I learned, I learned my woodsmanship skills from my dad you know trapping coons in 1985 my dad trapped enough coon hides to buy me a 110 three-wheeler for christmas i'll never forget that and i spent my summers on the mississippi river with my grandfather running nets and uh catching catfish he had a he had a little uh fish house there in in uh in louisiana where we lived and we sold he, he sold catfish so i'd spend my mornings running nets and i'd spend my afternoon skinning catfish and people would come in he'd ice them down they'd come in and buy fish so when whenever i actually got into the outdoor industry which was something i never thought i would get to do i never took it for granted i mean i you know if if somebody you know, if somebody come up and stuck their hand out, it's, it's funny because I know y'all get this. People come up and stick their hand out to shake your hand and they'll say, uh, you know, just they they know who you are. But I always, no matter what, whenever I stick my hand out, I say, how you doing? I'm Kenneth Lancaster. I always introduce myself to that person. I never take for granted that they know who I am. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I just I never take it for granted that I get to do what I've been able to do because it could all go away tomorrow. I mean, I could be. You know, I could be digging ditches with a shovel tomorrow, 
and uh, smiling about what I got to do for the last 20 something years. So, um, you know, feel very fortunate about that. But anyway. No, that's spot on, man. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think when, when Kevin and I started this deal, um, <clears throat> we had no idea it would turn into, you know, what it is now by any means. But I, I think, honestly, our, our goal was just to be able to open a couple of doors and go hunting places that we wouldn't ever dream of going hunting, like being able to, you know, go 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 to Colorado once in our life or, you know, wherever, Illinois, or, you know, just, just get to go one time and we could have checked that off our bucket list and said, man, that was cool. We got to do that. You know, now we get to do it every year, which is a yeah. humbling, blessed experience. I mean, I tell everybody all the time, I said, if I don't ever kill another deer in Turkey, I'm going to be all right. Like, I've I've, yeah. I've done my share, but yeah. I'm not going to like it, but I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. I, I was I was telling somebody – I was telling somebody that yesterday. We were talking about – um uh t- talking about some stuff. Like, this year, I'm – uh I'm going to go um, and film, uh, which is uh, it, it's <laughs> well, the the guy that wants me to do it thinks that it's uh, demeaning, but to me it's not. I mean, I, I I'm enjoy going to do what I'm going to do, but I'm going to film one of the CEOs of Sig Sauer in Newfoundland. Um, he's going out there moose hunting and wanted me to go with him. Well, um, I'm I'm going to take my camera. I'm I'm going to be. I'm stepping back to my old days and primos and picking a camera up and I'm going to go videoing. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And everybody's like, no, you no, you're lying. You, you know, you want to shoot something I'm like, man, it, this guy's never killed a moose before. And I'm going to be able to be behind the camera and video and kill one and be able to capture all that. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to that probably about as much as I am. Some of the hunts that I got, you know, that I'm going on, you know, this year. So, um, I, you know, I doesn't matter to me, man. I'll sweep the floor, or do whatever. I just am just proud to be a part of this industry. Well, that's you know, talking about that moose hunt. You know, several years ago, I went up to Alaska and videoed Brantley Gilbert shooting a moose. I ain't never shot a moose before. I may never shoot one in my life, but that yeah. right there was one of my, you know, top memories of being in Alaska up there, country. You know, that same year we went one other time trying to shoot a caribou and. Before that, I'd never seen Alaska before. Yeah, much uh-huh. less. I mean, a moose swimming across the dang river. And, yeah, you know, to be able to do it up there with good buddies. I mean, shoot, it don't get much better than that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. I still, I, I, I want to tell this story real quick. I don't want to. I, I know we're gonna get on to some other stuff, but um, I, I want to tell real quick how I got into this, uh, into this industry, and and how it, how this all happened, um with uh with me so i was i was working at a at an archery shop this was in i i think it was 93 is when uh whenever i uh whenever i started 93 or 94 and i'd have to go back and look to be exact but i was working in an archery shop and i was guiding deer hunts over willow point Terra willow point over on the mississippi river i was doing that during deer season and i was working at an archery shop uh you know during the off season and Will Primos was one of our uh, one of the guys that came in, and I worked on his bow stuff for him. And I, he actually came over to Willow Point, and I guided him over there deer hunting. Well, the archer shop came up for sale, and and uh, I decided I wanted to try to buy it. And I, I think I was, I guess I was twenty years old. I think is how old I was. So I went to my dad and 
told my dad that I wanted to buy this archer shop. Well, they wanted sixty thousand dollars for the archer shop. What they wanted for it. Well, my dad told me he said, "Look, he said you." He said, you come up with half of it, and I'll come. He said, I have my half. He said, but you have to come up with half, and I'm not going to co-sign for you. So I went to the bank and walked in the bank to borrow $30,000, you know, in, in 1993. Um, I had a truck note, and um, I, I, and I, I had a old wore-out 7400 uh, 30-06 rifle and an 870 pump. 12 gauge was all I had to my name but uh so I went in and asked to see the loan officer went in his name was Mr. Jack I'll never forget it went in sat down he said what can I do for you son I said well need to borrow $30,000 I said I want to I want to buy an archery shop and he said okay well, what do you have for collateral I said well I got a 92 model Chevrolet pickup truck that I owe <laughs> I owe 20 uh 15,000 I own and I got a wore out 30 out six and 870 that's all I got you know <laughs> So he just kind of laughed at me. He said, son, he said, I, I just don't, I just don't see that happen. So I walked out with my head hung and went back to the archer shop and was just trying to think, you know, how in the world am I going to do this? So I, he, I, well, the, the loan officer asked me, he said, do you have somebody to co-sign for you? I said, well, no. I said, my dad won't, he won't co-sign for me. He said, I have to figure this out on my own. So I went back and I called my dad and, and told him, you know, what was going on. He said, well, son, he said, I, I, he said I'm sticking to my guns. He said, you got to figure out your half of it if we're going to do this. So went back to work and three days later, the phone rang and it was a secretary at the Guarantee Bank, uh, which was right, the bank that I'd went to. And she said, uh, Jack has requested for you to come back. He wants to talk to you. So I came back and I went in and, and, uh, anyway, the secretary walked me into his office. And I'll never forget. He was sitting in his little swivel chair with his feet propped up. He, uh, he said, sit down right there. And I, I sat down he said, he said, I want to ask you something, son. I said, yes, sir. He said, what in the world made you think that I would have loaned you $30,000 being 20 years old? I still lived at home. He said, you, you live with your parents. You, 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 you're, you know, what, what would, what, what would make you think that I would loan you $30,000? I said, because I'd pay you back. <laughs> and he put his feet back down on the floor and he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to co-sign for you on that loan. He said, I'm going to give it to you. He didn't know me from Adam, <laughs> but he offered to co-sign for me on that loan. So I walked out of there, went to a pay phone then because, of course, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then and called my dad. And I said, hey, man, I got half the money. Uh, be ready. He said, OK, I promise you we're, we're good. So two days later, I'm in the archer shop, walks in Will Primo's. Well, I'm all happy and excited about my new endeavor, you know, what we're fixing to do. So I tell Will what, what I'm going to do. And um, before he walks out, he handed me his card and wrote something on the back of it. He said, before you do that, he said, come by uh, Thursday night. He said, I want you, I want you to come by the house and, and eat supper with me and Mary, his wife. He said, I want to talk to you about something. Said, okay, cool. So, I, man, I called every one of my buddies. Man, I'm going to Will Primo's house to eat supper, you know. It, it, so, anyway, I went over there, and I pulled up to to the address that he gave me. And, y'all, I – I had to pull by there three times before I'd knock on the door because I thought it was I thought he was pulling a prank on me because it was a six hundred square foot duplex that he lived in. This was Will Prima. You know, I thought he would live in a giant mansion, you know, or something, you know, but he lived in a six hundred square foot duplex house. I went up, knocked on the door, and he came to the door. Sure enough, it was him. So 
anyway, uh, we went in, had supper, and then we went over and sat down on the couch and started talking. And he said, look, he said, um, I've got a job opening at, at uh, you know, w- with me. He said, um, he said, Ron Jolly at the time had left. I don't know if y'all remember him or not, but he was working for Primo's. And he, uh, he said, I have, have a job opening. He said, the, the position pays $18,000 a year. He said, and you'll get to hunt and film he said you'll you'll film part of the time and hunt part of the time and man i you know kind of lit up and and uh so let me call my dad you know so i i, I said I, i'll call him i said i'll, I'll get back with you. so i left there i went straight to a pay phone and called my dad and i said hey look man i just got offered eighteen thousand dollars a year and i get the hunt for a living and my daddy was like man that's a you you got to do that you got to do that so so i took the job and this is one of the funniest parts i think right here so uh so but we were planning to go to to um illinois that's what made me think about that you were talking about illinois a while ago we we're planning on going to illinois <laughs> for my first trip that i ever been on now mind you i'd never run a camera before in my life didn't even know how to turn one on but will's philosophy always was you could make a take a hunter and turn him into a cameraman but you can't take a cameraman and turn him into a hunter mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyway, about three days later, four days later, this box shows up at my house. This, I mean, big box. And, uh, I go in there and open it up and I, I take this, take looking at all these clothes. It's, it was five brand new shirts, five brand new pair of pants. And back then it was called a bomber jacket. Y'all remember the, mm-hmm. okay. It was a bomber jacket. All, you know, camouflage. I laid all that out in the living room in uh in my house and my dad was sitting over there in the chair and he looked down and he said son you have made it <laughs> <laughs> you he got said, five you sets of camouflage and they probably all the same pattern even every one of them was the same pattern <laughs> match <laughs> you have a set of clothes for every day of the week son you have made it he said and a warm jacket and so anyway so will goes and uh I go to the office. I know this is getting long, but I, I, I won't tell this the ending. They, we, we go to the office and go out in the parking lot, and Will takes a, a uh, lock on and puts it on a light pole in the parking lot, shows me how to put a, a, a base on a tree and put an arm on it. And back then, we were running uh, beta cameras. It was, it was right after. I came in right at the end of the SVHS stuff into the beta cameras. Y'all remember those things? They were they were this long you know anyway he puts it on there and will goes i wish i had if we would have thought back then to do things like we do now you know we we video everything now in real time you know how it's more like a reality show now back then all you did was just video to hunt we didn't video we didn't video camp stuff and all of that we had we had you know the what we called porch scenes in between the hunts so anyway uh, I got up in the stand and Will ran around out in the parking lot and I videoed him like he was here. And he actually put uh, like he was rubbing on a car bumper and, you know, and all this stuff. And I videoed Will, what, what I would give to have that footage, you know. But anyway, uh, I videoed him do all that. And then we went up back up into the office and put the tape in the in the player. He rewound it and played it. About half of it was out of focus and, you know, and everything. And he was like, you're good to go. Be ready Saturday morning. We're leaving. So, anyway, that's where it, that's how it all got started. That's where I that's where that's where I jumped into this industry was uh, from Will Primo's walking in and and uh, 
you know, and, and inviting me over for supper. So <laughs> what's funny, Kevin, is they sold that archery shop for $2.4 million 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say, you might should have bought the archery shop, Kenneth. <laughs> I only do now <laughs> yeah exactly you yep. probably have a lot more money in your pocket but you wouldn't oh, have near the memories no doubt, no doubt. So they, they say that the the what, what's the old saying the best way to to make uh a million dollars or end up with a million dollars in the hunting industry is to start out with two <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right <clears throat> i mean yep. and that the, the cool thing about that our, that whole story is we say this with just about everybody we have on our podcast and Nobody in this industry has the same story. No. Like the path we took to get where we are, the path you took to get where you are. Everybody wants to know, like ask us all the time, how do, how do we get to do what you guys do? Yeah. Good gosh, I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. You know, it's you've got to make your own path. We, I get that question <laughs> just like y'all on social media. I don't know how many times a week and – you know, and I, you know, I, my standard uh, answer is I just got lucky. I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I was no better hunter than anybody else. And I didn't know how to run a camera. I just happened to be in that archer shop on that Tuesday morning or whatever it was, whenever Will come in and he had an opening. I mean, it, it just was, a uh, I was just at the right place at the right time. If, uh, you know, if it would have been, you know, I don't know if, if one of the other guys who worked at the archer shop would have been there. Maybe he would have got the offer. I don't know. I just happened to be there. So, yep, well, you're exactly You know, we always say, you know, the good Lord had to put some things in place because, I mean, there's one day that me and Michael met, and if either one of us hadn't been there that day, we may have never crossed paths. Right. It's like you Probably with your that. bow shop. I mean, what if you're – if you'd already signed the paper the day before and you already owned the bow shop, you probably would have went a different route. Oh, I would have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it was, yeah, I, it was set like for two, I can't remember. It's been so many years ago, but you know, the next couple of days I was supposed to go back and, and, uh, you know, and sign the papers and, and, you know, and buy and buy the archer shop. So if I would have owned it at the time, there's no way I would have been able to, done what i did so you crushed yeah. you crushed mr jack's hopes and dreams of being part <laughs> owner in the archery shop that's what he, you did <laughs> probably when i told him he when i walked out he probably wiped sweat off his brow and said Whoo, i'm glad I didn't fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, awesome. that's an awesome story man that really is and that's i mean the thing, same thing. It's funny. Like, if, if you really want to get in the hunting industry, it sounds like you need to go hang out at hunting stores because that's where you and and Will, you know, lined up. That's where me yep. and Kevin met. Was in a as a hunt, archery shop, hunting shop down in Florida. It, I mean, it's just like getting struck by lightning. The odds of Kevin and I meeting like that—that that really is. I mean, how, how that all transpired, and and here we are. I mean, yeah, yep. It, you it, never. Lord has in store for you, like Kevin was saying a while ago. I mean, you know, he, the, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian, and I believe that the good Lord puts you in places where you're supposed to be at the right time. And, um, you know, and if His hand is on it, then, then it'll be successful. That's just, you know, how I, how I believe. And, uh, you know, I believe, you know, y'all two were, uh, you know, meant to run into one another. I believe I was meant to be in that archery shop that morning to run into Will. I, I don't. I, I think that that was put in place for that to happen that way. So, and it's always fun when there's a little surprise, you know, like 
you talking about your story. I mean, I'm sure you left that bank thinking, hey, that's the answer to prayer. You know, God made it oh, where yeah. I could own this archery shop. And then, oh, surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, you know, the funny thing, you're talking about that, it probably sold for $2.4 million. Well, I don't know if y'all remember Dean Davis that worked at, uh, at Primo's at the time. He ended up buying an archery shop instead of me. <laughs> so, um, it's it was his it was his deal he had it for about six or seven years um and it, anyway he and i joke about it all the time he he picks at me he's like man and then he ended up coming to primos with us he sold the archer shop and you know and came to work with us so it's it's just funny how all that just you know goes round and round but absolutely it's, it's just like when you get things figured out and you think all right this is what we're gonna do no never mind uh-uh. gotcha. no. thought that now, good Lord slaps you in the back of the head and says, "Now, son, turn around, and walk this way." <laughs> exactly. I got, I got chill bumps though, just thinking about all those little uh, what ifs. So it's, it's crazy looking back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, uh, another thing that we wanted to to hit on, not not changing the subject too drastically, is we we talked about earlier that you just got back from a lot of, you know, setting up properties and getting things ready on your end. Kevin and I have been doing the same thing here. Um, my dad family farm not far from here been working on there and just it's that time of the year where planting food plots filling feeders running trail cameras i mean we we do we honestly fill feeders and run trail cameras all year but it's like yeah, yeah. when when closer to deer season gets in and everything gets to be a little bit more of, a, of an urgency because you you want to make sure everything's dialed in right and we still all have a lot a lot of work to do but um I wanted to, to throw out there the misconception that a lot of people in the industry, not not people in the industry have, but people outside the industry have about guys like us that think when, you know, Kevin goes to Illinois and hunt every year and well, he does get the red carpet men on his pillows, you know, and all that stuff. They got a buck tied up to the tree for yeah. him and all that stuff. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, they, they people, and you, we've all been in hunting camps and seen this. When, when when you're there and we're a, you're a TV show, quote unquote, that you get treated different than everybody else in camp. You get to hunt the better stands and you get to do this, you get to do that. Well, first off, I want to go to those camps because I've never been to one. This I, I ain't been treated a different period no. other than. I don't want to be though. I don't want to be treated different at all. But I'm just saying I want to see that because I don't believe it happens on my end anyway. And two, people don't see all the hard work we do. And, and you guys on the Giving Right do a good job. And we've we've gotten kind of telling our story on Backwoods Life of our, our lease and land that we have here in Georgia and showing all the work that goes into planting food plots, scouting year-round, running trail cameras, filling feeders, hanging stands, you know, using everything that we got in this industry to make our property better, to show people one, we know how to do it on some level. We may not kill the giant deer that the, the, the marks of the world do. Marks, yeah. marks are great hunter. Don't get me wrong. He is he is yeah. hardcore and loves it. I, I respect the crap out of him for that. But just down here where we're at, I mean, we just don't we don't have giant deer, but we we show that part of it to basically say that if you are down here in our area and you're in the same situation as us, you can do it too, because yeah. we're just like y'all. You know, yep. that's absolutely. As, yeah, with us, we uh, we hunt with very few outfitters. Uh, really, I was sitting here thinking, really, the only outfitters that we hunt with anymore are just for uh, are just for elk or mule deer. And 
Uh, and those places that I elk hunt and Mark, uh, Mark as well. Well, Mark's actually leaving the day going to Utah mule deer hunting. He starts mule deer hunting. Um, well, he'll start tomorrow, I guess. I, I, I think tomorrow's opening day in Utah, but, uh, we've gotten to know those, those few outfitters that we hunt with. So, so well that we know the places, uh, that we hunt so well that I'm not saying we don't have to have them but they're more friends than they are guides whenever we go and hunt with them. But for whitetails and turkeys, I don't even, I, I don't know one place this year that I'm hunting with an outfitter. Every, everything that we're, we're doing is places that we either lease or places that, uh, you know, that we own. Um, we, you know, we have a place in Kansas, have a place in Iowa, place in Oklahoma, place in Minnesota, place in Nebraska, place in Mississippi. Um, and we, we all take care of those uh, those places. We do all the, you know, we fill all the, the, the places that it's legal to have feeders. We have, you know, we have those. Um, we plan all the food plots. You know, we, we do all the tractor time just like y'all. You know, we put the seed in the ground. We try to time it all right and, and uh, you know, with the with rain to make sure that we, we get it, you know, get that done right. Um, I, I was telling you earlier, I just came off of a, about a 15, 16 day, uh, little stint that I just went on. I went to a little place in Texas that we have, and then we've got a big ranch out in Oklahoma and I went out there and, uh, it just so happened. Normally I have a little help, but I was actually by myself on that trip. Uh, and I was out there, we've got some, some big 3000 pound feeders out there that I was trying to fill up. And I used to have to fill those things by hand. I mean, I would, I'd actually, take a shovel and I had a big container in the back of my truck and I'd go into the bin and fill it up. And I'd climb in that bin with a five gallon bucket and a shovel and fill those feeders up. Well, I got smart and bought a seed tender. So now I, I back that seed tender up, but have, you know, getting it right, climbing up there and, you know, lining it up and, you know, and filling it up. And it was 112 degrees two days last week in, in Oklahoma when I was there. But, um, I, you know, then I went and trimmed all the, you know, all the shooting lanes on the, the, uh, you know, on our stands and then went and made sure that all of our, uh, shooting houses were, you know, were, didn't have wasp in them and, you know, and cleaned all those out. And so then I left there and went to, uh, to our, our property in Missouri and we've got a bunch of trail cameras out there. So I went out there and man, if I look at one more double A battery this week, I think <laughs> I don't know how many AA batteries I changed out whenever I was on that trip, but I bought every Walmart out between uh, between Oklahoma City and um, and and uh, Jefferson City, uh, uh, Missouri. I think I stopped at every one of them buying lithium batteries because I bought just about every one I could find. But um, but I went to Missouri. And uh, I was telling you earlier, I forgot my dead gum rubber boots. So I showed up out there with cowboy boots and it rained and was muddy. And, and, uh, I was doing the same thing, you know, trimming, you know, trimming shooting lanes and, and, uh, everybody else was, we all were just in different directions. I didn't have any help on this particular trip. So I did most, you know, I did all of it by myself. So, and I'm sure y'all end up doing that some yourself having to do it by yourself and you just, you know, just have to do it. But, um, what I was going to say about that, this is, I'm still in Mark Heck's line here by saying this, but this is what Mark, uh, we kind of uh, adopted this and, and it comes from him. But we, we always say we kill the deer this time of year. We just shoot them in the fall. That's right. 
you know, we're, we're, you know, right now we're setting everything up. We got, you know, stands, checking, checking stands, moving stands. And we, we, you know, you move stands this time of year, according to what happened at the end of the, the hunting season last year, whenever you didn't shoot a deer because it needed to be 40 yards this way or 30 yards that way, or you found out that you, uh, you know, you needed to hunt it, hunt on a, you know, a, a different, you know, different wind or whatever, you know, where you were at. So you move the stand across the food plot to the other side or, or what have you. So this time of year is whenever we end up doing that. So, um, but yeah, I like, and then, uh, let's see, it was two weeks ago, Mark, myself and two other guys were in Kansas at our uh, property in Kansas. And we spent nine days out there filling feeders and, and, uh, moving stands and, cutting shooting lanes and you know and just just getting ready you know for our place in kansas because I, I actually drew kansas and iowa this year again last year i didn't draw either one of those tags for the first time in my life but i drew them this year so um but my next trip will be to iowa to go up there and start getting things ready up there so so yeah that we spend a lot of we we don't uh yeah if you find any of those camps we just show up and i have them 180s tied up like when kevin goes you just let me go I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm waiting on that invite too man <laughs> and i mean I, you know and and uh, you know it really boils down to i think a lot of people i mean i mean i don't mean this disrespectful to the people that aren't but like a lot of people are jealous of what we get to do because of being able to hunt a lot like we do to, to be able to go to places we go. And I understand that part. I mean, I was, I remember back in the old daggum TNN days watching the, the first three hunting shows ever on TV. And I was like, man, I, I'm jealous of them guys. Cause I want to go do that. You know, I want to go, go hunting in places and, and, and yep. do those things. And now, you know, the world's opened up to, to where we're at now and, and being able to kind of, I still don't think we, we get the, that treatment like them guys back then did because they were the only shows around and everybody wanted them to come hunt a little preference yeah they were out they they was out there cherry picking man (laughs) and i actually you know thinking about everything we're talking about here i actually think it's kind of a self-feeding monster about how people view that when they watch hunting shows because if you went and took a camera kenneth and really showed what you were just talking about or how you went and did that for 16 days Everybody going to be bored watching you do all that work and change the channel. They say, you know, we tuned in to watch you shoot something. So that means you don't get all the full story of all the other crap we had to put up with because we're going to hurry up and make sure we show you shooting something because that's what you came here to watch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, if you think about it, and um, again, I was – forget who I was talking oh my brother-in-law the, the uh Brad Ferris my brother-in-law I don't know if y'all knew that or not but um anyway uh he and I married sisters and we were we were talking about this the other day you know he still does some stuff with primos and and um we were talking about how long he and I had been in this industry and just like y'all how long y'all have you know you stuck it out and, and uh you know been through some y'all probably just like me you probably been through some tough times where you know you had some years where you were like you had that towel in your hand and you were about mm-hmm. right here with it you're like no oh, I'm, boy. Gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna keep fighting it you know and keep going with it but um you know i have seen so many people in this industry that have come and gone you know there's i, I i'm not gonna name any of them but you know and there's some of them were really good guys but but they really thought that when they got in this industry that every, all these outfitters were just going to give them these hunts and they were going to just show up and 
they'd take them and put them in a stand. They'd put a cameraman above them, and they'd hunt for 30 minutes and shoot a, a 180, and they'd do, you know, take the pictures and do all the, you know. They really thought that that's how our world was. And um, it's it's not I, – I compare it to, you know, I, I <laughs> when I was talking to Brad, I compare it to uh, football. There's 32 – there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the whole United States or in America. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks. There can't be, in, you know, any more than 32. Well, if you take the hunting shows that, that are out there, I don't know how many, I don't know how many hunting shows there are, but there's only that many hosts, you know, that, that can do it. And you just, it's, it's just like the starting quarterbacks. You'll see them leave and you'll see another one come in. And uh, there's only a few of us Tom Brady's that have. Uh, <laughs> 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 to, I'm not comparing myself to Tom Brady. You know what I mean? We have made it, you know, made it this long. And that's one of the things that I probably I'm more proud of that probably than I am of any of the animals that I've shot or any, uh, you know, any success or anything like that. It's, it's the. Uh, the things that I'm most proud of are uh, number one, the people that I've influenced that, you know, hopefully in the right way in this, you know, uh, in, in the hunting world, but, but also knowing that I was able to make it this long in the, in the industry and who knows, this may be my last year. You never know. Next year, people may be getting, you know, they, they may be tired of watching my old bud on TV shoot something, but as of now, it, you know, still, still going good. So, but. It's like I say, long, long as them checks still clear the bank, we gonna stay going long as long as we can ride this train, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm with you there. Yep. Yeah, you know, I I, go ahead, kid. I don't have to be a Brady. I can just be that kicker that's been kicking for like 40 years. Out there still <laughs> kicking field goals at six. Yeah, you gonna be a Ben Perry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be just like the eighth inning reliever. That's what I want. I don't. I don't have the pressure of the starter. I don't have to be the closer. I just got to get three outs. That's all I want. Give me that. I'm but good. I kind of like that. I, I, I like that stuff. I could be a reliever too. Yep. I'm getting. I think I'm getting more into my reliever days right now. Actually. <laughs> Shoot, I'm getting. I'm getting into the bullpen catcher days. Except I can't even squat down anymore. <laughs> Shoot. Nolan Ryan walked probably about more batters than anybody, but we all know who Nolan Ryan was. That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just going to throw this out there about Nolan Ryan since Kevin brought it up, and I'm a big baseball fan. I saw a clip the other day. I don't know if y'all remember when Bo Jackson played. He hit a comebacker to the mound that hit Nolan Ryan in the in the mouth and bounced, hit him in the mouth square on the lip. And the ball hit, you know, hit right, Nolan, fell right in front of him. He picked it up and threw up, I mean, a 95 mile hour missile and threw Bo Jackson out at first. He had, after the game, he had six stitches in his lip. He pitched the rest of the game with a busted lip, blood running down his face. He just was spitting. The trainer came out on the field and he pointed at him and said, Get back in the dugout. And he just kept pitching. That's the kind that dude, he was a tough son of a gun, and we we all know that. Like, seen the Robin Ventura fight, you know? Uh, oh yeah, bull, bulldogs yep. in his head. But <laughs> I'll tell you this, man: if you want to make it in this industry, you better have a Nolan Ryan attitude. You better. I'll put you it better. just like that. Yep, absolutely. Because you're absolutely. gonna get hit in the mouth. You're gonna bleed. You're gonna have to fight a little bit. And if you can tough yep. it out, you'll be all right. You yep. just keep throwing it as hard as you can, and some of them's gonna be strikes. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. And you better have some tough skin because there's going to be a lot. There's going to be there's going to be some people that don't like you. You just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't make everybody happy, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. And then now the days of social media, holy cow! You could get all that. That could be a whole nother podcast. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if if you if you want to go down that road with the with the haters on social media, you can do that all day. You can sit there and, and just sit there on your phone and fight haters all day long if you want to. It, it's amazing what how much time they have on their hands to come on there and tell us how much they hate us and how much they they you know they want to eat grass and that you know we should be eating meat. You know, it's a, it's amazing. But anyway. I'll, I'm not even going to go there. We'll be here for two hours. <laughs> I, I, I'll throw this out there, and then, Kenneth, you know Waddell as good as anybody, but I, I Waddell said one time, if you don't have haters, you ain't doing it right. So I, That's exactly right. Yep, he, he told, you know, yeah, Waddell and I go back to, yeah, to about 94 whenever we started, you know, started hunting together, and and, uh, and that's right what he's, uh, we, were, we were hunting one morning, we got up and we were walking to the truck and he was stretching. He said, it's about time to go make some haters. <laughs> <laughs> spot on, man. Spot on. Yep. Spot on. Yep. Well, well, Kenneth, I, we appreciate your time, buddy. I know you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Getting out there and, and, and planting food plots. We got to do the same thing. I hit Kevin in the butt a couple of times, get him up out of bed and let's go get some stuff done. But, um, <laughs> Thank you for your time, man. It's always a pleasure to catch up. I know me and you hop on the phone every once in a while and talk an hour and catch up and uh, keep doing it, doing what you're doing, man. You're doing it the right way, and um, I, I appreciate you, man. Man, I appreciate y'all, and um, I, I, I DVR y'all show and watch every one of them and, and have forever, and uh, y'all are, man, y'all y'all some of my heroes, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I really, y'all, y'all are, y'all have made it in this industry for a long time and, and, uh, proud, proud to be working with y'all going to be a fun year. You got it. We appreciate it. Kenneth. Next time, don't forget your rubber boots. Now make your own life a little easier. <laughs> you done right. That's what my daddy told me. He said, that's why they make that little slot behind the cab of your truck, boy. Put the boots back there. <laughs> there. There wasn't nowhere between Oklahoma and Missouri that sold rubber boots. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> They did. I just walked out that morning and went to my truck, and they wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah, he said he was too busy buying all the batteries. He ran out of money before he got boots. <laughs> Bought all the batteries. <laughs> oh, well, we appreciate everybody out there listening and, and putting up with our foolishness for however many minutes now and uh, however many episodes now. And it, it gets more fun every time we do one of these. But. Um, y'all check out the Giving Right on, on Sportsman Channel. I think these guys come on about five days a week. So y'all definitely get on there, check it out. Some great production, great hunts, and 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 some big critters go down. And they're they're good good old boys just like us that like to have fun and and show how it's done. So uh, y'all have a good weekend. Y'all's listening to this. And Kenneth, be good out there. Kevin, keep that beard growing, son. Doing the best you. I can. <laughs>